All right, welcome back to the I Teach podcast, season six, uh, playing with education. And today we are diving deeper into literacy. And our podcast title is The Moment I Realize Literacy Isn't Just Reading. And this time I am joined with co host Hannah Rome. We are Hi. going to discuss literacy and how it works in schools in 2021. So Hannah, you're going to kick it off with our story. When did you realize that you needed literacy isn't everything? Well, when I was in the classroom, I taught kindergarten and I taught during a time when the workshop model of teaching was um, something that was trending and something that our school had adopted and was interested in. And it's a great approach and I really enjoyed the the focus that it offered and the resources that were really high and you know literacy focused but what held me back and the challenge that i had with it was i felt like i really couldn't expose myself or my students to other things that were more relatable and more exciting it felt like while the structure was there it kind of put us in a box and the focus was so literacy based that it made it feel like we could only do literacy during that time, or we were only, we were really focused on trying to get timeframes in and trying to get a flow in fitting the way we taught this um, script. And really that's what it was. It was, here's how you say this, here's when you say this, and here's when you do this. So really it kind of, because it was so heavy on literacy, it kind of made me think about literacy in a different way. And it really forced me to kind of think about well, how else can my students take these skills and how else can we make it where it's more meaningful to them specifically? It felt so teacher directed that it felt like while we are trying to make it student directed, we push the focus away from students and put the focus more on the what and the how and not on the why. So I hear you talking about literacy in terms of reading a lot when you're talking about working with younger students. Is that about the size of it? Yeah, it was. I mean, especially when you're working with little ones, it's a lot about breaking down reading into kind of those skills, those basic foundations of phonics and awareness of print. So that structure was something that was beneficial because we have to establish that. But something else I kind of dabbled in specifically with this workshop model is, okay, if my students need to learn about comprehension, then how can we comprehend what we watch? How can we comprehend what we see while we are also practicing comprehending what we read? And that really makes me think about my experience as an English teacher and really considering other ways and other types of literacy. So we're not just thinking about literacy in terms of reading, even in an English, even in an English class, we're able to consider literacy a way to read different texts. So that would include computer or digital literacy. That might include visual literacy, auditory literacy. Um, and really just kind of considering all the different ways. Um, up until recently, when I took a grad school course that was specifically designed to enhance visual literacy. Um, I, I do wanna bring up how a couple of different websites and, and research organizations have defined literacy. The first one coming from the 3P Education website. And they say that reading encompasses complex visual and digital media as well as printed material. 
an elderly person who, might, who can read the newspaper might struggle to get information from Google. So that really brings me to that concept of how do we differentiate between understanding digital literacy, understanding reading literacy, and how those kind of correlate. In US law, an individual's ability to read, write, and speak in English, compute, and solve problems at levels of proficiency necessary to function on the job in the family of an of individual and in society. So again, we are looking at this level of competency, and it doesn't just revolve around reading text. It also revolves around seeing. So what do you think, Hannah, as an educator, should be the basis of literacy, and what should it look like in 2021? Well, I think that the application of applying those skills kind of i liked how you mentioned the visual and it makes me think of the soft skills we've kind of talked about how literacy and i like that first definition about um how it's printed materials and other complex visual materials that's not just literacy in the traditional way that we think of it and so i, I like being able to think about being literate instead of being able to read and being able to apply that literate, that soft skill kind of focus into what we're doing integrated throughout the day. I think that's a big time. Um, something that we all try to try to encompass as teachers is trying to incorporate those components into math, into social studies, into science, not just focused in on this streamlined 90 minute portion of ELA. So we really, I, I do want to focus in on the concepts that we drew, digital, visual, auditory, different sorts of literacy. And what do you think the implication of those are for young students? How do you think employing those skills and those soft skills that you specifically reference in the class really kind of transforms how we think about younger ELA or beyond education? Kind of think of, so to start with, let's kind of dissect the old way, right? Quote unquote, old way. That way of teaching was made may have been what we all experience, where you know you're given a basal reader, everyone has the same text, and then you're doing the round robin. Everyone is taking turns. You're kind of anticipating when is it going to be my turn? What line am I going to be reading? So it kind of puts that pressure on literacy learning. Um, and so I kind of am thinking now with this different ways of approaching literacy, of being more flexible in how we expose students to skills like comprehension inferencing, predicting, those type of skills I can see being more relatable and meaningful to students if we can teach them in the concepts of actually feeling like a reader. Um, specifically with younger students, we really need those students to adopt the mindset that they are readers. So if we're putting all of this focus on making sure that they know how to read a sight word or you know, identify the parts of a sentence, that really is a lot of pressure. But if we can help them to build their confidence and being able to tell stories and retell stories, then maybe they'll be more excited about taking some of those concepts and applying it to that, that excitement they have. Like, for example, we always started with some basic stories that are retold over and over again. Like, Jack and Jill went up the hill, or like um, Jack and the Beanstalk, or um, what else am I thinking of? Oh, the little red hen. All of those stories that have been retold a gazillion times that we can all tell just by not even looking at the book, we can tell it by heart. Those types of things, getting students to realize that if they know that and they can put it in their own words, they're being a reader. 
And the same with pictures. We do a lot with uh, telling stories through images. Um, wordless stories are really great for building that kind of a skill. Having students understand the flow of the beginning, middle, and end of a story and just being able to make up something on their own, that's really builds that confidence of comprehension. They're practicing their comprehension without me giving them a, you know, short answer quiz uh, with comprehension questions. So there's ways we can take out that traditional, this has to be what we do during the focused reading time. And there's ways to open it up so that we are building students' confidence. That really makes me think about when you talk about telling stories with just pictures and visual stories and, and ultimately just creating this story experience um, of a book that I can definitely recommend to anybody listening, The Arrival by Sean Tan. It's an award-winning book which tells the story of the arrival or and or departure, depending on how you read it, um, of a group of characters, and you can't really tell what they are. So there's, it's all left upon the reader to actually create that story around the pictures. Um, and as a, as a moment of levity, I just thought of you talking about reading, of you reading in sight words and thinking about popcorn and round robining. Did you ever read ahead to make sure that you wouldn't mess up your part in, in school? Because that was something that I found myself doing a lot. I would do it too. So I could make sure that I knew how to pronounce something. So I didn't sound stupid when it was my turn. But think about those kids who don't have that ability to read ahead, that can't figure out the words, that struggle when they're reading out loud. That really further puts them down and makes them feel bad about reading. So no wonder we have adults who don't, you know, read anymore, who don't find or get their knowledge from books or news sources, you know, like it's hard when you're an adult and you grew up in that kind of a, you know, structure. So I think helping students, you know, learn how to comprehend from other sources and not have that pressure put on them will help them out. I think about it also like taking away from reading along with those who are popcorn reading because they're just focusing on their part. So it's, it really builds in, in a, a real, a real problematic, issue in our society, which is just waiting for your turn to talk, to respond to whatever, as opposed to actually listening to working out your working out the issues and then responding appropriately. Yeah, I didn't think about how that could affect that characteristic, you know, that we we all kind of get annoyed with. Max, is there anything about like upper grade students that sticks out to you in regards to, you know, how this whole visual literacy works with them? Speaking from an English teacher perspective, it really builds an isolationist concept of what literacy is. When I say that, I mean that English focuses, relies so heavily then on text to speak to how you can read. Um, and it really promotes this idea that you can't go outside and or read outside of your own English language arts class. There is value in reading a science textbook in an English class and understanding context. That sort of isolationism really breaks also and adds to like this concept of a canon, um, which, which I always fight against that concept of old dead white men. How do we find other, other books, other ways of talking to each other, other ways of storytelling to really embrace all that is literacy? danger of telling just a single story, which we reference a couple of times throughout our resources that we're putting out this month. 
and really building a community around literacy. I think that that's the important takeaway that literacy is not just and shouldn't just be relegated to a language arts classroom, to a language arts session in a younger student's classroom, to reading a novel in a middle school class, to a reading corner. Literacy needs to be promoted as a concept and as a soft skill, like you said. And I think that's the biggest thing. We can't just put it in a silo. No, we absolutely can't. Um, and I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up today and look forward to our our interview that Tamika is going to have in our next episode with an author, that all of literacy needs to be asset-based. And it needs to be, we need to consider what students do know, much like we consider what students know coming from a different language to English in America's sense. So we should adopt and endorse visual literacy in the classroom. We should adopt and endorse auditory literacy in the classroom and really promote what students do understand as opposed to facing it like a deficit as we often do in 2021. And I think that's a really good place to shift to you, Hannah. How do you think we can use these ideas that we've been talking about in the classroom pragmatically? So I'm thinking of three tips to offer you that you can take away with so that you can implement it today or any day. Um, my first tip is to kind of think through a current practice that you're using to teach something with literacy, reading, writing, phonics, grammar, and really challenge yourself to question, is that method really the method that's kind of keeping your students engaged and focused? And then maybe kind of think, how can you involve your students? If the answer to that is no, they're not doing as well with that strategy, then maybe ask your students for some input. What helps you learn grammar? What do you feel like you need more support with? And put that decision-making not just on you, but on them as well. So tip two, let's consider how you can integrate those literacy skills into other aspects of your day. As you access some of those multimedia things like videos, images, songs, presentations, games, whatever, apply some of those literacy tasks like comprehension, prediction, vocabulary development, fluency, and maybe add it into what you're reading, listening to, and viewing. And then Max, I think you had kind of like a tip to add to that tip too. Yeah, so when you were talking about that initially, it really spawned an idea that I brought in the classroom when I was viewing or using other kind of multimedia tools and focusing on just really basic questions that lead to students explaining their understanding. What did you like about a particular performance and why? Uh, those simple kind of questions, what didn't you like about that performance and why, can really validate and empower personal observations into coherent, cohesive, and valid critiques of multimedia. Awesome. Okay, so that gives us at least now two plus things that we could try. So let's think about one more tip, one last tip three to leave you with. We want you to kind of change your thinking and maybe instead of focusing on what your students can't do, let's identify those skills that they have mastered and put a greater emphasis on empowering the students to kind of make some choices about how they learn. Like, let's give them choices on what books they read. Let's give them choices on what topics they write about under the topic of narrative writing, informational writing. Let's give them more or less prescribed 
instructions and more of a categorical, here's what you have to stick to. You choose how you're going to stick to it. And I think those, those are really good classroom considerations and a good place to wrap up because you tie it in really well into the growth mindset. So I do want to say thank you, Hannah, for joining us in this conversation today. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. And thanks to you all for listening. Watch out soon for Tamika's interview with an author that will further our literacy discussion. Thank you all. From all of us working on season six here on the Kennesaw State University iTeach team, thank you sincerely for listening. And if you'd like more resources, check out our resource hub at ksuiteach.org or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or even YouTube. If you'd like to get in touch with us directly, check out iteach.kennesaw.edu. Thanks again.